Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castelbereth. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a Doctor, but I am... I'm a Doctor. That's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will. Where do you want to start? Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Big Randy Inside the New Who Doctor Who Watch Long Podcast with me, Tim Saxby, and my very um, nice friend, Harry Meddock. Hi, Harry. Oh, yeah, I'm nice. <laughs> that's, a, that's the nicest thing anyone said to me all day. Now, I'll tell you what is nice. Doctor Who Series 1 is pretty nice, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's really nice, yeah. So I think Chef's um, Kiss. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like what we should do then is we should rank every single freaking episode of Doctor Who Series 1. How do you think about that, Harry? Well, that's a swell idea you spontaneously just thought of, Tim. <laughs> it uh, really is. So there's 13 yeah. episodes. We could start at the very bottom of the list with what we think the worst is at and then get into the creme de la creme. At the very top. Oh, that was a that was a bad roll of the. Uh, I mean, I can't do any better. But, uh, uh, uh. Uh, well, so do you want to go first with episode thirteen? What was your least favorite episode? I think we'll both be in agreement of this. Um, Father's my Day. least favorite episode. What? Father's Day. No. No. It's the long game. Oh, yes, so yes, the long game. <laughs> yes. No, of course it's the long game. <laughs> it's dreadful. Yeah. Um, I don't find it dreadful. I just found it very, very kind of inconsequential. Yeah. Um, there's, in terms of like the whole series, it doesn't really do much to progress the plot beyond introducing Satellite 5, which it doesn't really need to do. No. And um, as an episode by itself, it there's just a lot going on. It's a bit muddled. Um, kind of for saving grace is Simon Pegg because he's always fun to watch. Um, but beyond that, it's... there's not really much. It's an episode that is just there to serve the purpose of there being 13 episodes, I feel. They were commissioned 13 yeah. episodes and they very quickly, well, not very quickly, um, they realised that the, there was maybe some filler that needed to be stuffed in there, and the long game is one of yeah, those episodes. And, and obviously, Russell D. Davis has written most of the episodes, hasn't he? He's written, if I just count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He wrote eight of these 13 episodes, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. like, the fact that he managed to write as much as he did kind of is commendable, but maybe he stretched himself a little too thin with this first series. That being said, it's a really strong series overall. Oh, no, definitely, um, yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, a lot of the episodes towards the bottom are kind of all the Russell T. Davis episodes, and that's not a reflection on him as a writer. That's just a reflection of how many episodes he did and yeah. just how exceptional the episodes by non-Russell writers are. Yeah, I'm looking at my list now, and the top four episodes on my list aren't Russell T. Davis written episodes, but I've said too much. Um, I also have the long game as episode as my least favorite episode, 13, uh, number thirteen on the list. 
Um, like I said, I believe it's only there to serve the purpose of there being 13 episodes. Do you feel that Doctor Who could do with a shorter run? I always feel maybe around 10 or 11 episodes would be enough. Yeah. I mean, looking at this series, there are a couple episodes where if they were got rid of, I wouldn't miss them. But at the same time, I'm kind of glad this run is as long as it is because it's Eccleston's only series. And oh, yeah. So, you know, have to make the most of him while we had him. Yeah. Episode, which they uh, certainly did. Number 12 on your list, what do you have? Uh, I have Boomtown. Ah, same here. Ooh. Not going to uh, be as controversial as I thought. <laughs> Boomtown, I have second on the list because I feel it serves more of a purpose than the long game, but I also feel it is an episode that was written to fill a space. If you actually go back and listen to our episode on the long game, on um, Boomtown, sorry. I think you mentioned the reason why that episode actually exists, and it's more of a cover for a, a, an even worse episode. Yeah, there was going to be a very, a very questionable episode in its place, and obviously, kind of, they quickly ditched that and wrote something that could they could easily film in Cardiff. And um, <laughs> the reason it's higher is that it's kind of a bit of a novelty to this episode, just to kind of see um, the Doctor and his TARDIS team just kind of hanging out and having a bit of a chill time. Although at the yeah. same time. There aren't really any stakes with this episode. So it's kind of a give and take. And while it's kind of a cute kind of novelty, and I'm, like, I'm kind of, there are some moments between the four of them that I do enjoy. Um, it's not really what you come to Doctor Who for. No, definitely. It's a very good Mickey episode. Yeah, I, yeah, I love Mickey. Yeah, so number 11 on your list, what do you have? Uh, at number 11, I have, sorry, Russell, The End of the World. No, same here. <laughs> really? The End of the World as well. Uh, what's your reason for putting The End of the World here? Uh, I feel like there's a lot of potential with a story like that. I feel it's very... It's not a nothing episode, because stuff happens in it, and there's a good scene with Rose and the Doctor and Rose standing up for herself and sort of saying, who even are you? You know, Mm. she really starts to sort of think about what she's doing. But I just, I think it's the aesthetics of it I don't like. I don't like the look of it. It feels very dated when Mm. I look at it. It feels very... Absolutely, there's a lot of CG. Yeah, Mm. and even the sets and the costume, it doesn't feel very who at all. It's quite... I remember uh, seeing some critics kind of reviewing the first few episodes and they compared it to kind of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, I guess it is, that yeah. Vibe. Yeah. And there are, there's a lot of, kind of very colourful, quirky, kind of different alien races and characters. And you're kind of witnessing this quite, you know, bizarre kind of event, the end of the world. It's kind of this kind of high-end VIP event. And it's kind of interesting as a concept. Um... I just kind of wish that they'd dug a di- bit deeper with it. Oh, no, like you definitely. said, the stuff between Rose and the Doctor is great. And I kind of said I love the dialogue between them throughout the series, particularly that stuff written by Russell. And that really kind of is what makes the episode for me. Yeah. Um, just kind of the actual framework of for the episode, I feel like it could have been explored a bit more, or I would have liked to have seen it explored a bit more. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, number 10 on your list, what do you have? Uh, for number 10? Uh, for number 10, I have World War Three. 
Oh, I don't have World War Three. You go to why you um, have put World War Three there. Uh, World War Three, like this is a you know straight up a fun episode. It's a fun time, um, and um, you know we get to see. Um, we talked about it in the one fantastic scene. Um, <laughs> so clearly, there's something we like in it. Um, even if it's Mickey and uh, Jackie as opposed to the Doctor. Yes. Um, um, but really, kind of, I really like. Mickey and Jackie, and I like their dynamic with um, Rose and their relationship to the Doctor, and kind of the questions that brings up. Um, mm. um, that's my favourite thing. Um, I think the Slovene are, you know, a f- while they're a bit goofy, I find them to be kind of a fun villain, and they do kind of pose a genuine threat. Um, Harriet Jones, seeing her working with the Doctor and Rose, and kind of really, you know, having a lot about her is she's a very endearing character. Um, this is just a straight up fun time. Like this is kind of where in my list I go from kind of episodes that I kind of wish there was a bit more from to episodes I, you know, enjoy as a whole package. So that's interesting because what I've picked for episode 10, I believe picks up on what you dislike about World War Three, and I've picked Aliens of London, which is the first part of Oh, World War Three. It's the, obviously it's a two parts. I've put Aliens of London down there. Um, mm. I know you really like it because you really like the human aspects and how the world actually reacts to, um, mm. you know, the invasion of aliens. The reason I put it low is because even though it's about the invasion of aliens, there isn't a lot of alien in it. You don't see much Slovene till right at the end. You get Harriet Jones, but yeah. I feel the more the more you get more um, I'm trying to think of another word that isn't girth you get more um, I can't think of a, of another word you get more out of it in World War 3 I think yeah it's more action packed yeah Yeah, so that's why I've put Aliens of London slightly yeah. lower yeah. so what do you have well, for number yeah, I guess oh, sorry go on, go on. That, I guess it's kind of the fact that Aliens of London is kind of like this build up and it's kind of the mystery and then by the end of it the mystery is largely Solved and so World War Three's kind of response to mystery. Yes. Um, I have Aliens of London at number nine, um, yeah. and yeah, it's not much between them because I kind of think of them in my mind as one story. Um, but Aliens of London, um, like you said, I prefer it just because I really like what Russell D. Davis does with world building in his other shows and in this show, and kind of showing how the world reacts to an alien invasion, first contact, uh, seeing kind of how news outlets report on it, um, and kind of seeing just like regular people in Jackie's apartment. That stuff, that very, like you said, that very kind of human grounded aspect, I just get a lot out of. I really enjoy seeing. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed, I do, you know, I enjoyed both these episodes. For number nine on my list, I have The Unquiet Dead. Oh, really? So yeah, World War Three is like yeah, quite a bit higher. Yeah, I'm quite dead. I have um, at number nine mainly because I like it, but I don't really feel the Gelf is that interesting. Mm. I I really like the Charles Dickens character. Sorry, the Charles Dickens persona that is portrayed in the episode. I really like that, and I think that's almost spot on with what most people would imagine Charles Dickens to look like and act. But I feel the actual bulk of the episode is a bit flat. 
I did really enjoy it though. I did enjoy it. It was an episode. It was the first episode that I wasn't looking forward to watching, but enjoyed more than I was yeah. imagining I would. That's interesting. So because I remember early on in the series, kind of the Quiet Dead before we got to kind of the second half was kind of really up there. So it's kind of come down in your summations, like as we've gone on. I'm not sure if it's come down because what I've done is I've well, kept, I remember uh, I've kept my original. I've kept my original six, um, my original six ranking, and I've just slotted in the uh, second half of the series. So I don't think it's changed that I, much. I thought you, I thought um, before Ben Quiet Dead was above Rose. I don't think it was. No. Oh, I guess I missed. Maybe that was me. Maybe that was my list. Maybe yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so that's our number nine. Number eight. What have you got on there, Harry? My number eight. My number eight is Bad Wolf. Oh. Yeah, um, I again another one of the uh, really fun Russell episodes. Um, I really like just kind of, you know, it's, it's quite nostalgic for me, um, <laughs> like kind of seeing kind of all these kind of futuristic dystopian parodies of um, 2005 TV shows that are no longer on the air. Um, it, it's just for me, it's just kind of a very novel concept very fun and very of its era in kind of the best way. Um, And then um, the end, the cliffhanger, revealing the Daleks is just such a good cliffhanger, the thing the Doctor says at the end. And just kind of the um, first part of solving the mystery of Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf is kind of a very intriguing um, kind of series arc right up to the end for me. Um, And so, yeah. And also, Jack, I think this has... In, I think this might be my favourite episode for um, Jack in Series 1. Um, yeah. I just really like kind of his moments, especially interacting with the robot tree and Zuzana. It's just a lot <laughs> of fun. Um, I know that's kind of not the deepest reason, but it, this is just a, an episode I had a lot of fun watching. Yeah, well, on my list at number eight, I've got Rose. Oh, okay. So... You know, an episode that maybe a lot of people would have a lot higher of. I have quite, you know, sort of in the middle, mainly because you know it is a really good episode, but I feel there there are better stories that hit home more than Rose does. Rose is a really good opener, but that doesn't necessarily make it the best in the series for me. Yeah. Um. So moving on to number seven, my number seven, buying the middle. It. Is Rose. Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's a similar thing. Um, as an opener, not just to this series, but to Doctor Who as a whole, I don't think they could have had it more pitch perfect. Yeah. Um, I think that just the way it introduces these characters, the Doctor, the TARDIS, all of that, um, I think it's just like perfect. That's It's the perfect introduction to the show. If someone's going to get into Doctor Who, show them Rose. And Rose is just... It's great. Um, the chemistry between Billy Piper and Chris Eccleston, they hit out of the park, it's brilliant. Um, you, like I said, way back when, the Autons were a great <laughs> choice for a first villain. Yes. Um, it's just, it gets so many things right straight out of the bat. The only reason it's in the middle is just because I think that there's so many good episodes like i think this is when it goes from like good fun episodes for me to great episodes yeah and, like, no, i agree kind of rose is kind of like 
a great opener. And, you know, to say that half of Series 1, in my mind, is great, is, um, you know, that's very high praise. Yeah, I think we should stress it. Even though we're ranking these episodes, at no point would I ever say any of these episodes are bad television. Not at all. I, I think you might say the long game is bad television. Oh no, the long game is bad television. But I don't hate the long game. Exactly. <laughs> they're not. I'm not saying that these are rubbish or anything like that. It's just compared to the standard. If they if that was on another TV show, the chances are I'd think it was a really good episode. But because the rest of the episodes in this series are such standouts, it mm. overshadows a lot of the weaker episodes. Mm. And what number was that? Was so that number seven? Your... Yeah, what's your number seven? Number seven for me, I've got World War Three. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah, moderately higher up. What, yeah, I've got a, it. Sorry. What is it about World War Three that puts it so much higher above Aliens of London for you? It's because I think it builds on Aliens of London. There's a lot more Harriet Jones in there that I really do like. I like the phone call with Mickey, Jackie, and the Doctor, and Jackie asking if the Doctor can keep Rose safe. I enjoy that the Slovene. That is one fantastic scene. Yeah, I enjoy the Slovene a lot. I think they're really, really funny. Um, I just think it's a really just a fun episode of Doctor Who. I feel it's very classic Doctor Who as well. Mm, quintessential. Yes, yeah, definitely, yeah. So number six, what do you have, Harold? My number six is the first non-Russell episode of my list, The Unquiet Dead. Ooh. Yeah, um... Like you, I was um, surprised by how much I enjoyed um, this episode, but it just, I don't know, it just left me with a really good feeling. Um, Charles, it's just kind of really kind of joyous to watch. Charles Dickens is a great kind of temporary companion. The scenes between the Doctor and him are great. Um, um, I feel like kind of the moral kind of conundrum, but kind of the... um, Oh, uh, what they called the aliens? The you said it earlier. The Gelf. Yeah. Well, I yeah. don't remember them very well. <laughs> I feel like what they present to a doctor and what they, how they challenge the doctor, is really interesting. Um, I just kind of, I'm a real sucker for Victorian London by aesthetic. I, <laughs> yeah, I really like it. And just the ending just kind of leaves you feeling really kind of like nice inside. I really like it. I think. Um, I'll have to wait until later on to confirm this, but in my mind, this is my favourite um, episode of Doctor Who written by Mark Gatiss. Um, mm. I think it's a great piece of work. It's just kind of, for me, this is, I always preferred kind of the Doctor Who episodes in the past. And for me, yeah. this is uh, kind of quintessential Doctor Who. Oh, cool. Well, for number six on my list, I've got Bad Wolf. Yeah, so it's almost bang in the middle. Bad Wolf, mainly because I like the silliness of the game show aspects and him being in Big Brother and the weakest link. I think it's just, uh, it is very 2005. Maybe that's why I like it, because I can vaguely relate to that era quite well. Um, Mm. So yeah, I just think it's fun. And I feel some sort of a privilege to be able to really appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like, you know, seven-year-olds now watching this still be like, what's the weakest link? What's Big Brother? These programs that aren't even on anymore. But, mm. you know, we we grew up watching these types of programs, so I I do feel a slight privilege to be able to understand what the heck a lot of this episode is on about and yeah. know who people like Trini and Susanna are. Yeah, 
Kids these days, like the Android joke, will just go completely over their heads. Yeah, it's like what you said when we did this episode. It would be Bradley Bot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Bradley Bot. <laughs> on the chase. <laughs> and it's that... like these giant robots are actually chasing them. Yes, yes, yes. One thing that I uh, did find out about this episode, I was going to mention it to you, um, we talked about the fact that when they say you're live on channel 3000, please do not swear, and the doctor says you've got to be kidding me. They did actually yeah. record several versions of Christopher Eccleston's swearing. Oh, I wish they would swear with that. <laughs> oh, but I, I don't feel that's like what I, I don't said. Feel like, I wish they did that. I don't think it was a case of him going, "You have got to be taken that," and then it cut. Yeah. I think it was Jamie. Apologies for the bad language about it. I believe it was Christopher Eccleston going, "You can fuck off" or something like that. Him actually, <laughs> of him actually swearing. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic! But those, those fantastic. scenes are out there, and I want to find, I want to see those deleted scenes. Uh, they're probably like somewhere in the BBC archives. If you locked that. behind the key, we'll release them in Christopher Eccleston bad mouses. <laughs> so what's what's next? We've got number five. What do you have on this number five on your list, Terry? Number five for me is the passing of way of the ways. Uh, well done on correcting yourself. Yeah, yeah, nearly. I, I'd written it as of the ways as well. I just. <laughs> so why is that? Um, I think it's a great finale. It's a great send off to Ninth Doctor. Um, I think it ties up, um, and a lot of kind of things from throughout the series really effectively. I think that um, the kind of conclusions to some of these characters' kind of emotional kind of journeys and arcs over this series are paid off well. Um, and then the regeneration scene is just really, really well handled, and yeah. the build up to it, it's it's a great finale. Just like Rose was kind of couldn't have had a better um, introduction than Rose. I don't think you could have had a better series finale. I agree. I also nice. have the Pine of Ways as number five on my list as well. Mm. Mainly for those reasons that it's. It's just perfect, isn't it? There's not really. There's a few things you could maybe change. Um, yeah. Maybe it is slightly dated in 2005. Um, maybe there's slight bits about it that I don't particularly like, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. Mm. So number four, what you got there, Harry? Number four. This is the part where I'm like, these last four for me are like some of the best, not just in this series, but like some of the best Doctor Who, like yeah, especially well, or at least new Who ever. Yeah. Like these are like top tier cream of a crop Doctor Who for me. Um and so number four, I have Father's Day. Hey, same here. Yeah, um for me Father's Day, um it's probably kind of the most emotionally driven. Um I kind of, you know, watching it, I there were parts where I, you know, felt like I could have teared up potentially it's um the exploration of rose and kind of meeting her father finding out he's not everything that jackie had told him to be um kind of the fact that this episode actually explains why you can't go around changing history in a way that's not just kind of expository in a way yeah. that actually really shows it and that really kind of you know plays to the advantage of the story um um, great performances 
all around, especially from Billy Piper. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. It's yeah, and you know, uh, I can't remember the name of the actress who plays um, uh, Jackie, but she's oh, I can never remember either. It's well. like Camilla something, but I can never quite put my finger on. Uh, that rings a bell. Yeah, um, it's just a really good episode, and um, considering it's kind of apparently the low budget episode. Yeah, the Doctor Light like, episode, isn't it? Yeah, the Doctor Light episode. Um, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it takes a hit because of it. Um, in ways you can say it plays to its strengths, similarly to other Doctor Light episodes. It's just, yeah, it's a very satisfying, even as like a standalone story, which is how I originally saw it on TV. Um, I saw it after Series 1 had originally aired. Yeah. And I'm glad don't it give did. Away which your, um, don't give away which your first episode of Doctor Who was. I uh, won't do. I'll say that when we get to it. But I feel like it's kind of essential. It's an essential viewing. Even if you didn't start with Rose for some bizarre reason, this is kind of essential viewing, not just because it explains why you can't change history uh, in the show, but also because it's a, just a brilliant episode. No, no, definitely. And I think that's something that these these top four episodes have is that I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with these episodes, but each episode that follows in this list is a more outstanding episode, but the episode that was previous to it, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Mm. It's like having a really nice galaxy chocolate and then being given a thousand pound chocolate bar. They're both going to be really nice, but one is just slightly better than the other. Yeah. So what's next on your list? The number three, the top three, what have you got? Uh, okay. Number three is The Empty Child. Ooh. Different to me. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Um, well, I'll ask you about yours. The Empty Child is the opening of the uh, best two-parter of this um, series, in my opinion. Um, Stephen Moffat's first um, story um, in Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, or at least in the TV show. Um, I'm not sure if he did any big finish or novels before. I think he did a few this. novels, yeah. Ah, cool. But it's, you know, it's everything you... I've used the phrase quintessential Doctor Who a lot. Um, I'm going to use it again because this just... <laughs> it's, you know, it's creepy, it's funny, it's fast-paced. It's got a real paciness, a real energy to it. The Empty Child is one of the freakiest Doctor Who like monsters. One of the freakiest things in any kind of show targeted at a child demographic. Like, yeah. Everything. Um, really freaky. So freaky. Just the way he looks, the way he talks. Um, the supporting cast of characters is great. From him to um, Nancy to Captain Jack, of course, is introduced in this episode. Yeah. There's a lot going for the empty child. Yeah. He's a really nice guy in real life as well. Episode number three on my list for me, I've got Dalek. Oh, okay. Mainly because everything you just said about The Empty Child, I totally agree with. I think it's a really amazing episode. Um, Sort of giving away my top two there. But Dalek is is such a good episode. It was an episode that, that for me, had the same effect as The Unquiet Dead, which was... Uh, just a Dalek episode, isn't it? I'll watch this. But then when I actually watched it, sat down and enjoyed it, I was blown away by it. It was really amazing. Sorry, number two. I just want to say, kind of, with this top three, 
I really struggled. Like, yes, I did. Yeah, I could like I could reorder this top three and uh, any which way. Like especially number two and number one, mm. it was tough. Um, but my number two is uh, the second part of the same story, the Doctor Dances. Yeah. The Doctor Dances just it's kind of almost kind of blissful in just how how it's executed. Just again that pacing, that energy, even more so than uh, the first part. The way that it kind of doesn't just the way it kind of continues the mystery, continues to solve it, and how each kind of reveal is, you know, just goes to the last. Um, just so many set pieces, equally iconic, if not more iconic than the first part. And just like the ending, the ending is just so, you know, just, ah, <laughs> uh, it's just so uplifting, overwhelmingly so. And, oh, it, it's great. It's yeah. great. The Doctor Dances, just so many things I could pick out. I just say, the chemistry between Jack, Rose, and the Doctor. The Doctor dancing. The scene between Doctor and Rose talking about them dancing. Just everybody lives. Everybody lives, Rose. Everybody lives. Hey, came um, back out. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I'm not going to be able to do it for much longer. Look, the Doctor dance is, is great. <laughs> yeah, my... Look, I'll tell you now. My second episode is The Empty Child... My top episode is the Doctor Dances. I'm not even going to bother explaining why because I would only end up echoing everything you just said. So you go straight on to what your top episode is. My top episode, which I can just go from the day, it was nearly dethroned by the Doctor Dances and All the Empty Child. And maybe with more time, it will be. Um, just because those episodes were so good. I forgot just how good they were, but... My number one still stands as Dalek. Um, Possibly my favourite Doctor Who episode ever. Um, I think you said that when we recorded it, yeah. Yeah. Child and Doctor Dances, I think, are probably my favourite Moffat story. And Dalek is, I think, just straight up my favourite Doctor Who story. Just the way it handles the Dalek, the way he's such a threat, the way they really kind of delve into it and the Doctor's relationship with it. This is this episode provides, I think, Eccleston's best performance during his whole tenure. Um, there's uh, and kind of the moment at the end where it's him, Rose, and the Dalek all standing off against each other is just so charged, <sighs> just with <laughs> and like. Oh, sorry. When I really like something, I just go into making noises of appreciation. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there because we are going to revisit Dalek at some point because you can go back and listen yeah. to the original recording of that, um, which turns into a complete disaster in the last 15 minutes. So we are going to redo Dalek. We're going to do Dalek Revisited at some point. Um, this is sort of the end of Series 1 then. We did um, Parting of Waves last week, um, eventually. And then this week we've done a Series 1 recap. Um, I, I suppose I can give a little insight into what's to come. So we've got the Series 1 recap. Um, I think we're going to do some Series 13 predictions. We have a really exciting video coming out on the 9th, on the 9th of November. Um, there's been some rumours about Series 13 that I'd like to discuss with Harry as well. Then we've got Dalek Revisited, The Three Doctors. Um, I've got another interview coming up with a Doctor Who artist who, um, well, I say Doctor Who artist, they haven't done any official Doctor Who published work, but they have a comic book coming out. 
and they have big interest in Doctor Who. Um, I'd like to talk about some concept art as well and how that changes. I've got another big finish video coming out with um, Harrison. And then we're going to do Born Again before going into the um, series two. So cool. Sounds good. We've got a lot in the pipeline. A lot coming uh, out between now and uh, the 28th of December, which is what I have lined yeah. up till. So, um, yeah, very, cool. Very, content. Yeah, so stay tuned for the uh, Series 13 predictions coming out around the 6th of November. Maybe, maybe not. We're not sure yet. So um, I'll say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Harry, do you want to say anything? Yep. Bye-bye. Oh, was- and before I go, before I go, I want you to know that you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? Why don't you just die? Hey. <laughs> don't forget to click below and subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast.